Welcome to episode two of Good Set Dude. Uh, this episode's with Zach Gearing from May and Demons. Uh, we talk about um, the Demons single, Uglier Americans, so go check that out on Spotify and iTunes. Before we get started, go follow us on Instagram at GoodSetDude and send me an email at GoodSetDude at gmail.com. Uh, questions or comments, guest suggestions or hate mail or whatever. And please enjoy this episode with Zach Gearing. Kick it off. Check, check, check. Yep. You good in there? I think so. Yeah, just did kind of maneuver. Go this way and that way. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming over. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get this together for quite a while. I, honestly, I started working on uh, getting a hold of you for, like, at the, what, beginning of the holiday season? Right, right before yeah, like got... Yeah, right, like, right before I got busy, like, the yep. worst time. Yep. So, yeah, appreciate, appreciate <laughs> you coming. Um, let, let's just pick up where we were just talking about, the okay. um, songwriting and stuff. I... Um, came to see the acoustic show mm-hmm. the okay, cool. may acoustic show um well it's at odu what's that venue it's called? pronounced the good theater g-o-o-d-e mm. um i've never been inside the theater i've been inside the the, the um uh, foyer foyer whatever it's called yeah. i never been inside the, it was pretty cool um nice intimate but seats and like yeah production stuff so yep yeah. i saw um i think it was alice in wonderland okay done by odu in that same venue nice okay so yeah. it was uh drama yeah and it was the opposite of what <laughs> you guys did you guys had two guitars you and dave, dave yeah and then uh yeah this alice in wonderland had a huge set okay. like rotating thing whatever but it was it was cool to see the opposite performance yep. in that in that setting um but i was gonna ask you so it was Maybe five songs in when you guys started taking requests <laughs> and from from where I was seated, I was super curious um, what kind of like preparation went into that show because oh, man. you've been doing it a long time. Yeah, it's funny because we are really um, bad about rehearsing and because we're, you know, Jacob's in Brooklyn, Dave's in Nashville and I'm here and we played a show in Manila like two weeks prior maybe. Um, and we didn't, and it was an acoustic show in Manila too, and we didn't rehearse at all. And I, I'm reluctant to say that only because I don't want people to get the perception that we don't care. It's just really difficult cost wise to get up and meet up for a weekend or something and rehearse. So we did the, um, Manila show in much the same fashion as we did the ODU show, which was simply kind of bank on some songs we're comfortable with. And then see what happens type vibes. So mm-hmm. we took a um, we played a long time in like two hours in Manila, and same uh, like style guess, venue kind of. Uh, it was in a sense. I mean, only because the type of the the show was kind of similar. And that we had acoustic. Um, I had an electric guitar, and um, Dave had acoustic. And Jacob was in Manila, so we had uh, we had a percussive element that we didn't have gotcha. in ODU. Um, but yeah, we just knew what songs we could do for sure. And the rest of it was just like, okay, well, let's see what else we can do, um, and let's take requests. So it's kind of dangerous because some songs, if people were to request, we we just couldn't play it. And maybe Dave could do it by himself, and I'd gladly sit out to like kind of love, let him play that song. Um, luckily, we didn't have that. We didn't run into that. You know, we did. Um, yeah, so the the prep was not there was no preparation uh, for those shows. We kind of banked on the fact that we'd be playing them 
planning for a long time and we knew what we could do and we knew what we couldn't do. We yeah. had, I had this conversation with the show's promoter, um, Josh Coplin, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, what do you guys, do you guys want to do a poll for songs that people want to hear? It's like, yeah, but I have these rules. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't want to do this song because I don't know if we can play that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, let's just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, it's limited, um, but it's kind of fun to bring that element in. If you can yeah. do so, like, yeah. let's kind of make it a little bit more exciting. Um, so that's what we did, and we we got a good. You know, we would have kept playing too. I mean, Dave is pretty good with with singing. He can he can keep going. Yeah, that was impressive. And, uh, the the notes that he was hitting like an hour and a half into. Yeah, or, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like there for the ride, and I'm like I'm I'm here. You know, as long as I have to like I just have to use the restroom when I'm on stage because I'll drink a few drinks beforehand and then go out there. So I was, I was like, hey, I'm good. You know, let's just keep going. And then the time, you know, people have to go home. So yeah, it was fun. Though, yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I it had been a long time since I'd been to like a show that personal. Mm-hmm. You know, like just kind of I mean yeah. the the nature of two guitars and uh, pretty close proximity. Yeah, yeah. Silent I mean, too. Yeah. Really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golf claps and stuff like But clearly I mean there were some diehard fans there obviously. I mean they were singing along to every song and there's one that I videoed that you had the entire crowd doing like clap yeah you just they did their percussion which was was awesome they kept it up for the entire (laughs) i know and like there's there are like weird measures in that song so it's kind of like yeah yeah coming back around i started counting i was like wow nice job everybody (laughs) (laughs) um yeah there's some people like someone came from texas um it's always surprising we've been a band i mean you know i joined in 2000 Three and the band had released their first record in two thousand one. So and they were obviously playing around here before that. Um, I don't know the ability that we can or the um, opportunity we have to still do that kind of thing. Yeah, um, and go on tour and you know play Manila or what have you. Uh, it's really really cool. Um, I'm thankful for it. You know, so that's rad. Yeah, really cool. No, it was great. Uh, you. You had said earlier that uh, Dave primarily is the the writing. Yeah, he's um, force behind it. He is the anchor when it comes to May's creative uh, direction. Yeah, um, you know he's he's not um, commanding in the sense of of limitations. You know he's not saying, okay, well I want to do this and we shouldn't worry about it. Like one of the um, things we have to work through with May is just a proliferation of ideas. Gotcha. Um, so he's, we're, we're having conversations all the time about ideas, whether it be conceptual um, or just literal riffs that we have lying around. And Dave's really good about holistic vision. So where I'm just like, what can I do next? Mm-hmm. Dave already knows what he wants to do next. And so he's like, okay, well, I need a part, I think, like this, and we can change this key here and move this here. So he has like a very broad picture, the ability to, to mentally kind of frame an idea in the, in the broad sense, even to the production side, right? Well, so if cool. you're saying, okay, well, we have this part, but what should it be? Should it be a guitar? Should it be a keyboard? Should it be, you know? And he's like, well, let's try this way, you know? Yeah. So he kind of has, and he has a good uh, couple engineers that work with him too that are really, really um, smart and, and knowledgeable. So... I don't know. He's just lived in that world for a long time, and he's been interested in learning. And I think that for me, I mean, considering the quote-unquote genre distinctions between mm-hmm. May and and Demons, for me, I just kind of on the May side. You know, I I like a lot of types of music. So it's not about anything. You know, I can listen to and get into anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, it's a learning experience um, in a very like trial and error kind of feet to the fire kind of way. Because um, Dave's a melodic guy too. 
Um, so he thinks of melodies, not guitars. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, if, you write, if you write songs, I think you understand what, what that means. It's, it's not about finding the thing that sounds cool with the instrument. It's about finding a part that sounds good with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just always a challenge for me because I'm a guitar guy. I want to be a multi-instrumentalist, you know? You're... Every, I think everybody does. <laughs> wishes they could be, yeah. But I'm a, you know, I'm a guitar dude, so and I like noise and I like loudness and I like, you know, all that stuff. So I always kind of defer, and that's what Demons allows me to do with the guys I'm in that band with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like for me, like the spectrum there is super wide. And I've also played. You know, my buddy Logan, um, he's more the Americana, you know, quote unquote is folk. Logan Bath, Bath? yeah. Um, so you know, I'm like in these worlds, and it keeps me busy, but it also keeps me at least attached or kind of grounded in these various kind of spheres that yeah. I think are exciting and challenging. Yeah, for sure. The um, So writing-wise with Demons, does that start with you primarily, or how, did, how does that? Um, initially it did, because Demons was like, so like, that started in 2015 and was just something I wanted to do. And I, I do want to kind of like say, like, what I'm a punk rock kid, and I think what punk rock continues to allow me to do I'm 38 now, so it's just kind of be confident even if you're not confident. So, I mean, I like a lot of records and songs that on one sense I can say are not good, but in another <laughs> sense I can say it, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, um, like raw emotion versus... Yeah, like a lot of the stuff in yeah. the 80s, like a lot of the punk rock stuff in the 80s, like, it, it sounds objectionable, it doesn't sound good, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, something I really appreciate and really connect with. So, with Demons, it was like that kind of thing. It was like, I believe... I, it's not I want to do it so I'm going to do it I don't think I can but I'm going to anyway yeah um, and the confidence there which I don't have like was supplemented by this idea of punk rock and mm-hmm. what I've grown up with so that's what it was it's so all the songs initially were mine and then I asked Chris I was at South Tortilla West rest in peace when that restaurant was still open <laughs> and I, I, I was walking out and I saw Chris and I, I know Chris was playing with Mouth Eater another band around here that used to yeah. be around here that broke up. Um, I was like, hey, man, do you want to play guitar? You know, and I know him peripherally. Um, what was he doing in, in that band? And Mouth Eater was playing bass, okay, and he you. had been in a band called um, Slow Dance and Keegan around here as well, and I forget. It was the same band, but they had different names. I forget the order, but they are like a, like a um, instrumental type stuff, you know, and yeah, I just knew him, and I knew we were kind of on the same wavelength in a lot of ways, so I, was, I just asked him. I didn't even know him, really. I was just like, okay, well, yeah, let's do it. And so he came around, and so at that point, um, we were playing my songs, but I wanted him to kind of start writing stuff, too, because I knew he could. And so it gradually went, like, Chris and I write the riffs, and and then it is a, it is a collective effort when it comes to arrangement and kind of trying to make the song what it is. So um, initially it was just me, and then now it's me and Chris. Uh, Chris and I write the words independently. We don't kind of collaborate in the sense of like, oh, I'll write this. You know, That's we always just been of... difficult for me as well. That's yeah. A, that's a, the one aspect that I um, have never been super comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is going to be a personal thing that I'm writing about. I don't know, maybe it's about, like, verbalizing it because you can write, like, an angry riff or something, but mm-hmm. then writing particular lyrics and then submitting them like yeah you write the next verse yeah, and yeah. hopefully it'll be in the same vein or you have the same viewpoints or whatever but. i i personally don't i don't love the idea of collective lyric writing just because i don't know i like songs lyrically that are like 
they can be something I can't relate to at all, but for the words, if I kind of believe what's going on, or I don't know, like I just, I don't want to make it a broad situation if it's not supposed to be. Yeah. I'd rather Chris think about something he's experienced by himself and not me um, than me trying to be like, oh, well, I've kind of had that same situation, but in my own yeah. way. So let me, and so it's like, for me, that kind of. Well, then you get a, you get a Blink-182 thing. Waters, you, it waters down a little bit. One guy has something to say and then the other guy says, I'm feeling this. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. <laughs> um, so in that sense, we kind of write our own lyrics and we don't really, I mean, we'll, we'll send each other like lyrics and we'll say, hey, is this dumb or is this okay? And in most cases, we're pretty supportive. I mean, I don't think, I can't speak for him, but I don't, I've never read anything that he's written that's been like, oh, well, you got to change that, you know. A little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like he's smart. Um, and I, we're, in that sense, we're very much aligned. Um, and I think that's really important when it comes to words, but, uh, yeah, so now it's kind of, um, it is collective. And in that sense, like the, the, the things, ideas are presented, um, by one, by either Chris and I, and honestly, that's even limited because John has also brought lifts to the table. So it is like, okay, let's, you know, the attitude that surrounds demons creativity is, um, great. You know, because there's not a lot of there's self-imposed pressure just in terms of if there's anyone that writes songs, you know. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like a broader ambition or, you know, that's not there in a very immediate sense. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. The um, yeah we can we can kind of segue into um, uglier American if you want, um, which is. The most recent song do you guys have, is that right? The most recent song you've released just yes. as a single as of right now. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good example that we can we can talk about kind of yeah. just the evolution of that song. Well, that song is really cool because Demons has this desire. I, I kind of impose this on John because John's the engineer, so he has to deal with the edits and the um, mics and all that stuff. And I'm just like, hey, let's just record a song really quick tonight. And he's like, great. You know, for you that's fine. Yeah. For me, <laughs> that's like labor. Um, so that's what it was. I mean, I was really upset. That song came out. That song was released in July, and we did it um, as a charity. We we're kind of we we're raising money for an organization called Raices, and so that song was um, unique in the sense that it came about just kind of as a, as an isolated thing. I didn't think it wasn't about being like a future release or anything. We're just like, I just want to release a song and see if we can raise any money for this organization. And, and what was, what's the organization? Organization was simply, a, it was a legal organization that um, provided legal defense for some of the families being separated and deported on the, gotcha. on the border. Yeah. So um, that song was specifically about that. Yeah, the lyrics were kind of urgent, very pointed. But the song itself, I was just like, okay, I have, I want to do this. And so the song was informed by what I wanted to do, not an idea I had that was transformed into this. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this specifically for this. And I had this, I had two riffs on on the guitar that I just kind of went back and forth. And then we added a third. like one of those things where it wasn't that's one thing that wasn't necessarily collaborative in terms of the process it was more like i brought this to this to the table the guys were okay with it 
And so we did it. Um, and one night, uh, we rehearsed the song, of course, a couple times weeks prior. But when it came to recording, I, th- I want to say we did it live. Um, or we did drums. And then we did guitars. Because um, we all just, you know, John brought his rig. He has a mobile rig, so he brought it over to the st- to, to Drew Space. And we did it there. And um, that's what that was. Uh, and I think there's a... Do you know um, Will Oldham, Bonnie Prince Billy at all? Um, it's just a full guy. Familiar. And he's been a, a favorite of mine for a number of years. He's been around for a long time. Um, and he has, has this book, there's an interview book, and he was, I was reading it, and this was years ago before Demons was a thing. And he said, you know, sometimes when I'm in the studio, um, if the song's not done, it doesn't matter. We do it anyway. Because um, if the song is not done, then then it's not going to get done. Or he kind of emphasized the urgency of of at least documenting a moment um, that's worth documenting. Yeah. And then if it's being if it's able to be used later, great. If it's not, whatever you know, you tried. Um, so he has this kind of very urgent approach that's not too cerebral um, to getting a, getting an idea down and mm-hmm. recording it. And I think that's. That's always been kind of in the back of my mind when it comes to what I want to do. Um, Because I'm not good in terms of reflection because I'll just kind of like get into a hole and not come out. Um, So that's what I kind of want to remind myself to do. It's just, and I need to be reminded to do it because it's so easy to kind of like, okay, well, I want to be better. I want this to be this. And I want to be, you know. And John's really good, like, you know, this is good. This is just do it and let's just go, you know. So that's what we did. Um, and the song is a song. I think it's a cool song. I, uh, you know, I, you know, is one of your songs good? Who knows? Um, oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> personally, I don't, I don't think any of them. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, you know. Especially but, the more time, like you said, reflecting on art yeah. that you've created and be like, well, that's terrible. Okay, I, I was yeah. real stoked about that a year and a half ago. But, yeah. <laughs> no, so that was a very urgent thing. And we did that song for a particular purpose. And for me, it... Um, informs a large part of the this kind of creative dimension that Demons was um, created for, um, especially with our... Because we all have this kind of affinity for heavy music, but like a kind of punk rock heavy... I don't know, like this kind of thing where we really think about that when we're writing songs and thinking about the moment, thinking about live and thinking about how it's going to be recorded... Um, so that's what that song was, and then we released it. John mixed it, and he mastered it, I think. Um, and sounds great. Uh, I listened to it a couple times just because we had talked about the song previous, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't listen to it in a while. It's like, this is pretty cool, you know. I enjoy what happened, how it happened, and that we were able to raise yeah. some money um, for this organization. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that in the, the process sounds exciting, too. I had... Um Tyler from Emerald Beach on, um, and I'm surprised now two of the three episodes I've recorded um, have been, have talked about going into the studio with, like, not unprepared, but mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to make this happen in the moment, yes. as opposed to, which, like I said in that one, I am, that's terrifying to me. To it is, <laughs> and it's not not terrifying to me, it's not like the confidence is there for all of us, right. and I yeah. think because the song was so project-oriented, so specifically oriented, that we didn't care too much about that. I mean, there's other songs that we've been working on for months, you know, and it's just like, eh, it'll come around, or it's not there, so we just wait on it. Um, but this one, the elements were there, and because I was kind of putting everything on my shoulders, just 
in terms of how we talked about the song, like something I want to do. Something, you know, they were like, yeah. okay, let's do it. You know, and they were cool about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a daring thing um, to kind of come in. It's fun, but you know how it is, dude. You can spend three hours easily mm-hmm. on a very small part that no, yep. Been there. you know, quote unquote, uninterested listener is going to pick up yeah, on, yeah. you know, um, and you kind of dig yourself in that hole. And then by that point, I always like this story about Tom Petty. Have you seen that documentary about Tom Petty? It's like four parts, yes. super long. Yeah. Yeah. It talks about like one of the songs, like they just can't get it, they can't get it, they can't get it. So he punches the wall, it breaks his hand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they end up using like the song that was based closely on the demo. So like they had it the yeah. whole time, but you yeah. get into your head. Um, and that's one thing I don't, I'm not good at. You know, when you think about reflecting on songs and making decisions about songs after the fact in relation to a goal, um, you know, you ever get mixes back and like, I think this sounds fine. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. like this car sounds weird. This car sounds great. These speakers sound kind of strange. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm just well, like. And then it goes back to what we were saying before we push record about not being gearheads in our field, which is like part of it is. Um, awesome because we can kind of run on the emotion that drives Mm -hmm. the art you know Mm -hmm. but then also in in my case at least I rely on my other guys or the producer that we use Will Beasley uh, to make that sound a certain way yeah and then like you said like we'll get a mix back and I'll be like I don't know why I don't like it but no (laughs) yeah I can't speak the language that the mixer needs to hear right I'm like I literally use like words that have descriptors that have no relation to sonics at all colors and shapes <laughs> i can just imagine john's face like great this helps nothing yeah um it does sound red okay great <laughs> I, I don't know what that and yeah um and so you have this kind of like battle where you have people wanting to hear their instruments more which is totally understandable as a guitar sure. player obviously the jokes are all on us when mm-hmm. it comes to how loud our gear is um in relation to the mix i don't know uh and so for me it's a learning experience um, and I'm impressionable, which is also kind of a bummer because I listen to Piss Jeans one day and like that's how it sound like, and then I listen to Refuse the next day, like oh, this guy, you know, this, this too, and then mm-hmm. Super Drum Ritual like that too, and so I'm just like, that again, it's just not not helpful when it comes to right. actually making a product, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, so, um, segueing into kind of back into Mesa, but also songwriting, um, the the clip that I sent you which if you're listening to this, uh, is available on the Instagram, uh, to go check out. So you know what we're talking about. Um, it's the Saul Williams and Noel Gallagher clip. Um, and I was excited to talk to you about this Mm -hmm. particularly because from the outside as a, uh, observer or consumer, I guess, as gross as that (laughs) word is, um, you, you seem to have now two bands, um, that uh, the messages, I guess, are pretty different, like, mm-hmm. or the, the aim in the lyrical content and stuff like that. And so just to um, go back over the, the clip, um, it came from a Coachella DVD that okay. I got. <laughs> it was like Coachella 04, I think. Okay. And hidden in this DVD, there's this interview that I didn't change the editing or anything mm-hmm. whoever was doing this dvd found noel gallagher from oasis and saul williams that was a great dichotomy of and asked them the exact same yeah. question and they both 
without even knowing that the other was answering it, just said, fuck you to the other one for like, for this entire interview. And it's basically about like, what is the responsibility of an artist with a platform? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a, are you there to entertain? Are you there to preach? Uh, and it's, it's a tough one. Like, like I said, this DVD is from mm-hmm. when I like graduated high school and saw this and I was already playing music, but, um, I was, you know, ripping off Blink-182 and Taking Back Sunday and stuff. Like, I, I hadn't come into any kind of, like, yeah. creating my own thing yet. Um, and so it was interesting. It stuck with me, this idea of what uh, what's our job, I guess, which is, I don't know what I think, even. Yeah. But. Um, I wish Dave and Jacob were here, and I wish Chris uh, and the guy in Demon were here, because I think... You know, I, I joined May in 2001, no, I'm sorry, 2003. And so I've grown up a whole lot. I've had, you know, ideas change, ideas evolve, ideas go away um, regarding the role, the responsibility of artists and the role of music. And I think the question only makes sense because music has um, uh, a large platform. Um, and I, I, I mean mainstream music. Um, as much as a lot of these terms we'll use from here on out will have to be done should be further defined but in the general sense of what mainstream music you have um bands with yes with a platform right so they have so much influence in terms of representation in terms of what they say that the question is not they can't really avoid the question um with the answer that i feel like noel gallagher gave right this idea of oh well we just want to play music right Mm -hmm. and so in one sense and when the people listening do watch the, they should watch the clip. Like Saul was speaking to when Saul said the idea of politics, like there is no such thing as a non-political position. And I firmly and fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily believe in music's capacity and power to change the world. And that's where I'll kind of like defer to Noel Gallagher's point. It's like, okay, well, so I'm like in this space between two places now. So, um, yeah, May uh, deals with a particular politics of positivity, a, a politics of um, inspiration, a politics of, that does recognize what art can do, mm-hmm. um, which is important because art can do a, um, a lot for an uh, individual, for communities. Um, yeah, so- that May is one of probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest like sing-along bands in terms of like the shows that I've seen crowds of people singing along you could make the argument that that's either of their points like you said like the politics of positivity Mm -hmm. you could also say it's a huge escape yeah for for that group of people and I think that's an important point because what does it mean to escape right I mean I saw this interview with Dave Grohl recently he's like I just love conscious because that's the one time where everyone's just gonna like can sing together and like Yes, that's the one time people will sing together and then they leave and then they go back into their worlds. Very separate. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, with May, and we've had conversations about this so many times amongst the band, amongst Dave and Jacob and myself, and we don't agree on everything. We agree on some things. Dave and I recently just had like this conversation back and forth about certain things. So we're always having this conversation um, because I'm, I do hold this kind of more critical position towards. Um, the role of the artist in relation to this world of like kind of 
like late capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you do have the ability to communicate to a group of people, um, it's a large one. I don't know how far that extends. I think it varies on who you are, who the person you're singing to, or who the person consuming the, the media, to put it crudely. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I just think that you have to recognize the responsibility. I don't think you can shirk the responsibility. Right. And what you do with that space and what you do with that kind of large or small degree of influence um, matters. Um, and I think in that space of when you recognize how it matters, then you have to kind of make decisions that um, reflect where you stand on certain things. So, I mean, in one sense, in one sense, May is not political because we don't sing about politics. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if politics is about democracy or if we can talk about democracy as a political idea and we think about art as being something that everyone has a right to experience, then it becomes a political idea. Very true. Right? So in that sense, all art is political because, you know, we think about how the business works, the music industry works. I mean, it's all about access and it's all about excluding people from access to monetize content. Um, And I think that's a big deal. So it's not about being anti... It's not about eschewing any idea to make money, right? I think people kind of... When I talk about this, people's like, oh, well, shouldn't they be valued? It's like, yes, value is one thing. Economies are another. And I think that when you have like this whole ecology, this whole system of an industry made up of various industries, then it becomes very hard to navigate um, and kind of trace right so you know i don't know i don't think music has the power to change the world without other elements involved right so noel gallagher um in that interview that that kind of dichotomy he pointed to where he referenced the 60s as maybe music could change the world then i would argue that no a lot of things changed the world then vietnam changed the world then if we're talking about the u.s right Yep, and music as a result of Vietnam. Vietnam, and then music was a part of a larger awareness that was happening, Mm -hmm. right, Um, when it comes to, because there's the Black Panthers, there's various political groups um, that were involved in in affecting social change. And and the government fought directly back. They fought that uh, impetus, right? So if music is this largely democratic um, idea, then any act or any kind of effort to restrict access becomes a political problem. Sure. And I think now when you have so much money involved in music, then restricting access is what facilitates revenue. Um, And then you think about depoliticization, like this kind of effort to kind of have people, oh, why why does it have to be political? Like to me, that's a very big problem. Everything needs to raise awareness. That's just me personally. I think things are so awful right now that the last thing we need is more distraction from what's going on. And that's where I think music can at least inform and as a specific route, right, as a specific mechanism amongst others Mm -hmm. to inform people about what's going on. Um, And this is not a criticism of pop music or music that is on its face not political, right? I take music so seriously and I take politics so seriously that I can't separate the two, 
recognizing music because sure. yeah. I attribute so much power to music that I have to take it serious. Like, I can't dismiss the power it has and say, okay, well, whatever. You know, just go have a good have a good time at a show or, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't have representation. But all that stuff, like, does matter to me. So you have these crisscrosses that are really hard to... Um, to trace and so to the initial question of this interview I agree with Saul in the sense that yes everything's political I don't necessarily believe or agree with the romantic notion he puts forth Um, but I don't necessarily think that I don't agree with Noel Gallagher at all that that music shouldn't be political that people don't want to hear a you know I think Noel Gallagher said people don't want to hear the reading of a bill or a political speech yeah, at the concert. Yeah, don't have the news read to them or something, yes, which and then, then cuts to Saul. Saul said, well, um, what do people come away from? They come from away from music being really inspired, not a political... State know, like, of the Union address. Right? Yeah, and I, I disagree with both those statements. I think all four, like a State of the Union address, a political speech, a church service, um, a classroom, it's all very, very... A movie, mm-hmm. a film, um, it's all very, very inspirational. So it's not... I don't give music this kind of extra... Uh, value in terms of inspiration. I think all forms of media offer um, inspiration to do certain things. Um, you know, but I think that if an artist is up there and is unable to or unwilling to recognize problems in their own space um, to their own audience, you know, that's a that's a failure. So it's not about making money or not making money. It's not about offering art for free or not for free. It's about rec- it's about embracing the responsibility you have and not shirking that responsibility. So for personal po- politics, for me, like I do think you need to address issues of systemic racism, um, corporate capitalism, sexism, all this kind of stuff. It's for me personally, something I care about. Um, so Demons allows me to do that more directly. We're not we don't sing about politics every song. It's mostly about an anger that's born from that kind of stuff, sure. you yeah. know. But that anger kind of uh, exists personally, not necessarily. We don't, you know. I think we like to recognize the world we're in, but also focus on a critique of ourselves versus a critique of that world. Just I don't have the knowledge to kind of or the talent to put that in the song in a way that I think is. I think you can easily cheesy easily kind of bad sure. when it comes to politics yeah. and music it takes a kind of brilliant approach to that kind of thing to make it effective mm-hmm. and i just don't you know i'll, I'll more readily say about personal lack than i will about social lack as much social lack as there is in the world's social problems um if that bleeds into it then yes it's going to happen but and i think that's the departure for me in terms of that song Uglier Americans, it is explicitly political about a, a specific moment. And it's kind of weird to sing it and look at the lyrics because, you know, I'm arguing, I'm, I'm angry, but I'm also, you know, a white dude, a cis white dude. So, like, I don't, that's there's, I think other people have a lot of a more urgent and immediate experience with oppression I've never had. But when it comes to building empathy, um, uh, I think it takes unlearning. I think it takes learning, the willingness to recognize other people's experiences uh, valid. Um, and as obvious as it sounds, I think that a lot of people lack the willingness or ability to do that. And uh, me as well. So uh, for me, it's like a learning experience. For me, it's an exercise, right, to kind of put myself out there and say, look, yes, I'm saying these things that you could come back at me on. And please do. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I could keep talking about it for hours. And I, you know... 
I could. It's, uh, and May has, Jacob's very involved in the arts. He's very involved in the arts. He's very interested. Um, and he believes that art can make the world a better place. Um, and he's emotionally and financially invested in that goal. He believes in it wholeheartedly. Um, and Dave is like super in his own space about um, being a better person, about kindness, about uh, the practice of kindness as a political act. Um, and so we all kind of, you know, show up on the radar and we have these conversations in between. And, you know, we don't always agree, but I think it works because we all care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and demons the same kind of sense. I mean, Chris and I are very, very... Um, on the same wavelength when it comes to what we're angry about, what we're sad about, and, and what we think we need to do while recognizing who we are and where we are um, in the matrix, so to speak. So. Yeah. Did he did he write Lever? Was that a primary? That was primarily. Him. He wrote all the words, and he wrote um, he wrote the whole song, uh, riff-wise and things like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of you guys in general. Thank you. That song is an absolute banger. And, like... <laughs> That's my my intro to demons for anybody okay. that I'm that I show. Yeah, I think me too. At this point, we had the LP, and that was still like a lot of the songs were mine. I think Chris wrote a couple, um, and it just look. I, I I enjoy the record still. And I think it's I think we did a good job in terms of where we were, but it's not still not reflective of like what I imagine us to be right now. Um, and I think that that two song EP is closer. Um, and because Chris kind of for me at this point is like the he has his hands he's in this world that I want to be more I'm just kind of learning um, but he's like this in terms of aggression and, and music um, he knows how to do these things better than I do um, and so it's really exciting when he comes up with parts and, and riffs because there's like a fresh a fresh perspective on I'm not kind of thinking that I don't think about or I kind of don't focus on like, okay, well, that makes sense because he's like, okay, well, he comes up with these leads and seemingly effortlessly. Um, it's like, man, this is great. You know, this is exactly what the song needs. And so it's really exciting to work with him as a guitar player. He just seems to feel it. Yeah, and like he knows how to express that uh, in, a, in a way that I, I, I hear and I'm like, this exactly what the song needs in terms of like that's the, the way the song feels and I think that I just texted Chris the other day I was like how to write a song that sounds like we're giving up not lyrically um, but like how do we write a riff that feels like we have no other options like this kind of like de- how do we like how do we how do we, <laughs> how do we make what does desperation sound like um, not as like a pathetic kind of capitulation but as like this kind of frustrated kind of hands up in the air like what does that sound like and because that's where I'm at mentally, I'm just like, what on earth? Like hands up, kind of yeah. things. Like it's not like I don't care, but like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and I think that for me is like what I'm trying to express. You can only tune down a guitar so much. Right. <laughs> yep. You can only like, yep. you know. So one sense, I have to turn my thinking around and say, okay, it doesn't have to be. We have two songs uh, that we go down to drop B for. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, this is cool because it does add like a unique kind of like 
you know, I think I want to say, you know, Foo Fighter song, Stacked Actors, by mm-hmm. any chance. I think it's in dropped A, but I it's, might be yeah, wrong. I believe so. Yeah. So like that kind of like, man, that riff sounds sick. You know, it sounds better than if you, pl- you can play open, it in E or yeah. 440, but it doesn't sound cool. Right. You know, so that kind of thing. I think Prison Sex, that Tool song is in drop B, too. That sounds, yeah, it sounds right. So I'm just like really intrigued to like other tunings um, or dr- lower tunings. Uh but again, like you can only do that so many times. It's like, okay, it loses. It's like a drug, right? Like yep. the first time you do heroin, I presume is really great. <laughs> the 17th time is like main- maintenance. Right. You know, you're like, yeah, you're not yeah. really trying to do anything cooler. It's just like, okay, well, this is what I need. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, the same thing with like, okay, well, we've heard these bands and like, yeah, they sound super, super heavy, but you can't just keep tuning down. You can't, just, you know, the meathead riffs only go so far. Right. Um, so I think that's where, you know, we're in this space uh, all, all the time because Drew's a creative thinker. He wants to make things interesting, um, and that challenges us because, like, okay, well, that drum beat's weird, but how do we make it work? And so, in that does, sense, does he challenge. present drums? He, have you had any that he presents the drums first, and you work around that? Yes, I think the song called "Wish" on the Embrace Wolf uh, record is him. That was his drum beat. Um, and he always will say when like you know you have a part in your head for me and most of the time it's like you know like the tempo is like pretty straightforward but he like thinks differently and so it's not what i imagine but I'm like well wait a minute this is a way of making something more interesting and so how do we make this work in a way that feels good um and i think that is a carryover from from may where it's just like okay well let's make it more interesting and then we're able to mm-hmm and so for me, in the demon side, where I kind of come back and it's like, I'm always, I'm open to the idea of making it more interesting. But again, when I listen to songs myself, I'm not someone that loves or depends on that kind of thing. And that raises another question. I was talking to a friend the other night. We're kind of Bikini Kills going on tour again. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, well, is that band a band that's great now? Or is that band a band that's great because of the moment? That they evolved with out of like the kind and of riot did, girl punk. They like early nineties, nineties, yeah. like they're kind of the riot girl. Um, and they were very, very motivated by feminism, um, and the rock scene, right? And the punk rock scene. And so that music is very motivated by a moment. Um, they sing about things that were relevant going on at, at the time. So I'm like, is that band that I'd want to see now? Like, how does that translate? How does music that translate in the timeless sense? All that stuff kind of plays in. Yep. Hey, man, I'm yep. feeling this. <laughs> Bring it back around. That's a great podcast thing you just did. Uh, well, thank you so much, man. This no, of has course, been... I had a good time. Obviously, this I talk a lot. You no, a lot that's great. That's great. <laughs> so you have a new album coming out. Do you have a... Demons has a new record that will be out this year. We're starting to record it. I don't know when this is coming out again. This, But we're going to record Nor it. I. <laughs> Actually, we're going to do drums uh, that weekend after the 23rd. Awesome. Um, so ideally it'll be up by, you know, we'll have it recorded by, you know, two weeks after we start. It doesn't matter. No, it won't take long to record, but, you know, maybe March, summer. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll uh, see you on the 23rd, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Take it easy.